the way I came upon and collided through word association with old and true friendships. I borrowed my friend John Huff from my childhood in Arizona and shipped him east to Greentown so that I could say goodbye to him properly. Along the way I sat me down to breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with the long dead and much loved, for I was a boy who did indeed love his parents and grandparents and his brother, even when that brother ditched him. Along the way I found myself in the basement working the wine press for my father, or on the front porch, Independence Night, helping my uncle buy and load and fire his homemade brass cannon. Thus I fell into surprise. No one told me to surprise myself, I might add. I came on the old and best ways of writing through ignorance and experiment, and was startled when truths leaped out of bushes like quail before gunshot. I blundered into creativity as blindly as any child learning to walk and see. I learned to let my senses and my past tell me all that was somehow true. So I turned myself into a boy running to bring a dipper of clear rainwater out of that barrel by the side of the house. And of course the more water you dip out, the more flows in. The flow has never ceased. Once I learned to keep going back and back again to those times, I had plenty of memories and sense impressions to play with. Not work with. No, play with. Dandelion wine is nothing if it is not the boy hidden the man playing in the fields of the Lord, on the green grass of other Augusts, in the midst of starting to grow up, grow old, and sense darkness waiting under the trees to seed the blood. I was amused and somewhat astonished at a critic a few years back who wrote an article analyzing dandelion wine, plus the more realistic works of Sinclair Lewis, wondering how I could have been born and raised in Waukegan, which I renamed Greentown for my novel, and not noticed how ugly the harbor was and how depressing the coal docks and rail yards down below the town. But of course I had noticed them, and genetic enchanter that I was, was fascinated by their beauty. Trains and boxcars and the smell of coal and fire are not ugly to children. Ugliness is a concept that we happen on later and become self-conscious about. Counting boxcars is a prime activity of boys. Their elders fret and fume and jeer at the train that holds them up, but boys happily count and cry the names of the cars as they pass from far places. And again, that supposedly ugly rail-yard was where carnivals and circuses arrived with elephants who washed the brick pavements with mighty steaming acid waters at five in the dark morning. As for the coal from the docks, I went down in my basement every autumn to await the arrival of the truck and its metal chute, which clanged down and released a ton of beauteous meteors that fell out of far space into my cellar and threatened to bury me beneath dark treasures. In other words, if your boy is a poet, horse manure can only mean flowers to him, which is, of course, what horse manure has always been about. Perhaps a new poem of mine will explain more than this introduction about the germination of all the summers of my life into one book. Here's the start of the poem. Byzantium I come not from, but from another time and place whose race was simple, tried, and true— As boy, I dropped me forth in Illinois, a name with neither love nor grace, was Waukegan, there I came from, and not good friends, 
Byzantium. The poem continues, describing my lifelong relationship to my birthplace. And yet in looking back I see, from the topmost part of farthest tree, a land as bright, beloved, and blue as any Yates found to be true. Waukegan, visited by me often since, is neither homelier nor more beautiful than any other small Midwestern town. Much of it is green. The trees do touch in the middle of streets. The street in front of my old home is still paved with red bricks. In what way, then, was the town special? Why, I was born there. It was my life. I had to write of it as I saw fit. So we grew up with mythic dead to spoon upon Midwestern bread and spread old God's bright marmalade to slake in peanut butter shade, pretending there beneath our sky that it was Aphrodite's thigh.